But you know, it's interesting on the subject of music. Mm-hmm. If I think of my granddaughter, uh, she had a piano teacher. She didn't like her piano lessons. <laughs> and uh, the last few years, my wife, therefore her grandmother, has started playing piano. And she also didn't like having a teacher, but she's Carmen, you know, she started mm-hmm. playing and she just gets better and better, slowly better. And then she was spending some time with my granddaughter, Annie, and playing pieces. And and, and all of a sudden, Annie got interested. Mm-hmm. And so now she plays the piano a lot, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want to teach her. And she's improved tremendously. And, and it, it you know, as a grandfather or as a father or mother or grandmother, whatever, if you see your your child or grandchild playing the piano and playing it well, it makes you feel good, mm-hmm. right? But that's not really <laughs> justification for forcing them to do something that they don't want to do. Right. But, but yeah, I get back to what I said earlier. You know, if I had stayed with piano mm-hmm. and if I could play piano well today, mm-hmm. I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. So there is this element that sometimes that the little eight-year-old doesn't know best. And that, that, that sometimes a little bit of stimulus and prodding, if done the right way, mm-hmm. can, be, it can be effective. Yeah. I think um, to, to take off something from the point you just made is, um, in your case, if instead of playing you know football with the your buddies or, or going out and playing hockey uh that you did play piano and you did develop this you know higher than normal skill uh and now today you were an accomplished pianist in the midst of everything else that you do um i mean it, it would be nice but i think at the same time often with that we tend to then overlook the fact that our childhood would not may may not uh, possibly have been as enjoyable or as liberating, and we may not have experienced as much as many positive things uh, through that time. Right, so, mind you. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed going down to the park and playing playing ball, or in the winter playing mm-hmm. hockey. You know, there's all in Montreal. There was this the outdoor rinks you could go down and play. Could I have sacrificed some of that? And even without being a concert pianist, if I could, mm-hmm. if we have friends over and. And and I can sit down at the piano and play music. I mean, that's great, right? That's that's. And I have nothing but respect for people who can play music. Mm-hmm. So uh, so there is some value there. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to say. Uh, well, I think with that. Well, too, I, like, I, one thing before okay. I forget, I wanted sure. to say one thing. <laughs> Apparently, there was a lot of controversy surrounding this uh, Tiger Mom issue mm-hmm. because it became again one of these issues where okay, the Asian way or the Asian American way is better than the Western way. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. And this went back and forth. But uh, someone pointed out that a number of Asian American kids came forward to say, yeah, I had a tiger mom. I hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So I think it, some kids react well to this kind of treatment and they don't mind the discipline. But some, it might be, we don't know how many, how many kids actually have unpleasant childhoods because they really, like me, they want to be down at the park playing with their buddies mm-hmm. and they were forced to sit at the piano while their mother stood over them and, and slapped them around, you know, every time they got it wrong. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll bring up a story of uh, a close friend of mine in high school. He was Korean-American, uh, born in the United States, but his parents were both from Korea. It immigrated um, 25 years ago, something like that. Anyway, um, so he, his mom was... The typical tiger mom, I guess. She wasn't as strict, but um, at the same time, you know, he grew up playing piano, playing violin. And, and so, you know, for however many years, I don't even know how many years it was, probably at least at least a dozen years of, of each. And 
by the time he graduated high school, um, he had a senior recital, which was just him doing all his instruments, um, including his piano, including his violin. But about three years before that, he had picked up the guitar, and that was something that he really enjoyed. He became passionate about the guitar, and so as soon as he finished his senior recital, he dropped violin, he dropped piano, he says, okay, I've accomplished what my parents wanted me to accomplish with this, and now he continues to play the guitar, continues to sing. Um, and really, I think he, he benefits from that musical exposure, but at the same time, it goes to show that you know his parents wanted him to do these things, but in fact, now that he has more freedom, he says, I don't want to do those. I want to do this, you know, and I enjoy this more. You know, and I think this is something that uh, I find in other cultures and... Um Asian cultures, even Middle Eastern cultures, um, the idea that every human being, like your child, is actually an independent human being. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their life to lead. So you can influence, you can advise, you can help, you can support, uh, possibly discipline, but you don't own that life mm-hmm. of your child. Mm-hmm. And when some of the stories you read about the kinds of pressures that are put on kids, what they're allowed to do, not allowed to do, who they can marry, who can they go, who they can go out with, and all this kind of stuff, it, to me, it's it's a tremendous, it's very oppressive. Mm-hmm. The idea that you feel that you have some kind of ownership yeah. over somebody else's life just because he or she is your child. Mm-hmm. So I think I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are some people you can slap them around, pull their hair, and it doesn't bother them at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was that way. I mean, in my, when I was growing up, <laughs> there was more physical punishment, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, at school, I used to get hit all the time. My parents would slap me, and, mm-hmm. you know, I got the cane, and welts <laughs> on my bum. didn't bother me at all. But I think there are people who, in fact, can be almost marked by that. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who those people are. Absolutely. You know? And I, so, I, I can say from personal experience that you know when i was growing up of course me and my siblings are different right and my middle brother is the complete opposite of me where i I would say i'm more sensitive i'm more um you know reactive towards certain things and and say more easily affected by what people will say and do but he doesn't care just doesn't care you could say whatever you could do whatever it doesn't matter you know Mm -hmm. and it's a personality difference and i think even though we were raised in the exact same household Mm -hmm. with the exact same parents the exact same siblings and went to the same schools and and so on and so forth that as time went on we grew more and more different right right now we still get along but we're totally different so to say that every kid should do the exact same thing because this is the golden keys to success right um it's simply not true right and however i mean i also have some sympathy for the tiger mom like the tiger mom wants to do that i mean i mean you i I certainly wouldn't want the state to come in and say Mm -hmm. you are not allowed to do that (laughs) you know so that's her thing and it could be a cultural thing and and Mm -hmm. and uh, her children may uh, be the next generation of tiger moms or they may react against it so i think we can have different kinds of ways of bringing up your kids different kids i mean i believe in diversity variety Mm -hmm. free choice um i sometimes sympathize with the tiger mom to the extent that i think sometimes things are too easy like Mm -hmm. quite honestly i think the schools in in north america are too easy 
I think some of the junk that we have on television, it just I can't watch it. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's just terrible. I I just think that some of that influence from Asia is probably a good thing. So if we have more immigrants from Asia now, and they influence uh, you know certain things in our culture, it might be for the good. You know. So. Well, I must say though, having recently been in in China, um, and also you know watching a lot of Korean TV as well. Um, they have their own silly things, you know. It's it's no more serious than it would be here, right? Um, but I, I I agree. Like I think reading the article, um, the article that she wrote about her book, this is Amy right. Chua. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like she she did a good job at explaining why she did this and so right. on and so forth. Um, and she didn't have this air of superiority, right. saying you know, oh, you know, we are so much better because of this. But it was the title that that kind of got to me, and he says, "Why Chinese moms are superior." Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think this um, notion is is in fact quite dangerous right. because you know who are we to say that that we're better or worse? Because right. there's there's in fact positive elements to each culture, right, right. you know, and there's negative to each as well. So the best mom is your own mom. <laughs> All right, we'll end up yes. on that note. Cool. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye.